Hi, I'm Kayla. I am a high school English teacher and mom of two, and I'm a grown-up pastor's kid. And I'm her mom, Mindy, and I'm a pastor's wife, Mimi to the two best boys in the world, and I am still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Yes, Mom, I'm Listening is a podcast where Mom and I sit down and talk about life in general. You may not walk away from our podcast knowing all of the answers to life, but we have fun talking, and we hope you have fun listening. So sit back and enjoy. Yes, Mom, I'm Listening. Good morning, Kayla. How are you this morning? Good morning. I'm pretty good. I am back to school. Good. So, oh, break is over. Yeah, break is over. So everybody is hurried up and come back from break to sit in front of their computer again. <laughs> Yikes. Right. I keep telling the kids, like, welcome back to your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> when I worked with computers all day, I would get home and the last thing I wanted to do was get on a p- computer. So maybe this will be good for for students because then they won't want to be on their computer all the time or their phone. Right. Well, I would say that, but that's not the case. (laughs) Hey, here's an interesting article I read this morning about Blockbuster, things you didn't know about Blockbuster video. Okay. Did you know that there's still a, there's still a Blockbuster that's open? Isn't it like in the Philippines? No, it's in Oregon and it's a B&B, an Airbnb. And you go and you stay in the you stay in the blockbuster. Oh, yeah. You spend and the night like there. You can nostalgic. watch movies. A whole millennial nostalgic thing. Okay. Another thing is, did you know when Netflix Netflix offered to sell to Blockbuster for fifty million dollars, and Blockbuster turned it down and went with Enron Media. Okay, how much sleep has that CEO lost over the last ten years? Well, yikes. I mean, yeah, Enron went bankrupt within a year. They went with Enron, they passed on Netflix, and now they're no you know longer. What the, you know what I've heard is that Netflix is actually in some trouble, not because of the cuties thing, which we've talked about, but they're in some trouble financially over this pandemic because they do not have a sustainable business plan. So I was looking into this, um, like Disney Plus and Hulu, they, um, they like net a lot of money and then they keep a lot of that money in order to invest but netflix basically turns around all almost all of the money that they make into producing new shows and as netflix continues to lose their properties to like peacock streaming services and um disney plus and hulu as they continue to lose a lot like the office and friends and whatever it's a question as to whether or not Netflix will actually be sustainable as its own network because it's got some really good shows that they've produced, but they're very expensive. I mean, Stranger Things is one of the more more popular ones. And I mean, How to Get Away with Murder and all these different ones that are specific to Netflix or Netflix originals, but they're very expensive to produce. So it's a question as to how long and how sustainable that business model is. And and so on one hand, you would say, oh, yeah, Netflix is going to be around forever. But on the other hand, maybe not. We said that about Blockbuster too. Now they are infinitely doing, but be- infinitely doing better than Blockbuster at this point. But <laughs> I mean, to be honest, and and some of this is just personal. I mean, I switched from I switched from Netflix over the cuties thing. I switched from Netflix to Hulu, and I am so much happier with Hulu. Of course, a lot of that is again personal because hashtag Hulu. Um, <sighs> 
You know, they put, they have, not a sponsor, hashtag not a sponsor. They put old TV shows on. And that's, yeah. my attention span is about 22 minutes. Yeah. And so that's a half hour show. Some of the stuff that's on Netflix that I was really, really enjoying. First of all, we got rid of Netflix. I feel like we've alluded to this cutie thing. And and just if you have not been keeping up, Netflix has actually been indicted by the state of Texas over improper, um, improper, I don't know, what do you call it? Yeah, no, they've been indicted by the state um, over, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, well, child pornography, basically. Well, kind of. Improper portrayal. Indecent. There you go. Indecent oh, okay. portrayal of a minor. Of a minor. And so if you haven't been keeping up with this cuties thing, it's because it's a whole, it's a Senegalese movie. So it's a Senegalese filmmaker from Senegal. Oh, I thought he was, I thought he was from France, but I guess he just speaks French. Well, Senegal is French. So they are a French colony, former colony. Anyway, so it's a Senegalese story about a girl, a, a young girl, 11, 12 years old, who kind of cuts away from tradition and starts hanging out with these other girls who are into very provocative dance. And these 11 and 12 year old girls are twerking and grinding and all these things. And the story itself is fine. It's a, it's a, you know, you're breaking from tradition. Her traditional Muslim family um, has a situation where like her mom's husband is going to bring on a second wife and so the, it's this like very backwards women are not valued and all of that kind of stuff. And so she is bucking against that kind of traditionalism and falls in with these girls who are into, I mean, they dress like little prostitutes and they dance like little strippers. And so there, we had talked about this with some of our friends, you know, our pastor had talked about it. And we kind of scrubbed through the movie and fast forwarded through it so that we could kind of see it for ourselves. You know, if this is because what I had heard was that this was a this was a film about the Senegalese child dance industry and how it needs to be abolished. And so I was confused because that's not the narrative that I'm hearing from both sides. So anyway, so I we kind of scrubbed through it a little bit and watched just little bits and pieces of it. And the the main concern for us is that there are very long periods of time that you are watching 11 and 12 year old girls twerk and grind and wear little tube tops and <clears> teeny <throat> tiny shorts. And, you know, there, I, I guess the point is to show it that like, hey, this is inappropriate. But I'm also sitting here, I mean, we scrubbed through over 30 minutes of that. And there's one dance scene at the end that is like 12 minutes long. And you're watching these little girls with glitter on their eyes and and little tube tops dance like this and, and grind and do all these sexual things. And, and so there is the concern that, first of all, I'm watching that. I, I didn't watch it all. Of course, like I said, we fast forwarded it. But if you are watching this movie, you're okay then with watching 12 minutes of this. And I think that sometimes we forget, people forget, filmmakers forget that in the name of art, you are now subjecting child actors to this. Those little girls mm-hmm. are actual real little mm-hmm. girls. And, they and who are do you being... think is going to be watching this? Exactly. Uh, nobody is watching this for, well, some really snooty. I mean, it won a bunch of film awards. So some really snooty film watchers, filmies are going to watch this and be like, oh, what a deep meaning. But mostly who's going to be watching it are people who want to watch softcore child dancing, you know, and that's just 
Mm-hmm. It's not something that should even be played around with. It's like I, you and I talked about this. It's like that movie with, um, oh, what's his name? The guy that played the Winklevi twins. Um, Huey. Excuse me? Huey or, <laughs> <laughs> the super tall guy. He was in Lone Ranger. And we talked about how we used to like him so much. Um, oh, are you talking about Army Hammer? Army Hammer. Yeah. Army Hammer was in a, a sort of artsy Sundance type film where a young teenage boy came and stayed with them and they, quote, fell in love. So Army Hammer is filming a movie where he's falling in love with a young teenage boy. And it's supposed to be about, you know, finding himself and all these different things. But there's also that was an actual teenage boy. And this is a story where a married grown man is entering into a relationship with a young boy and that's supposed to be artsy and i just think that that crosses the line of we don't need that kind of art in our lives that's not beneficial it's not helpful because how much does art entertain and imitate life or life imitate art i mean this is these yeah no it no i don't i don't i don't buy the oh no this is for this is to make it stop well the problem is the people who know it's wrong they already know it's wrong and they right. don't they don't need you to tell them. Yeah, and so all of this kind of actually segues into our topic which is about Christian culture and Christian entertainment being a little bit lame. And so we have <laughs> kind of two two ends of the extreme here where very secular entertainment tends to cross the line into why is this even something that's being produced? Why are we even subjecting child actors to this? And why are mm-hmm. we, you know, even why is this even being mainstreamed or being made okay? Whereas on the other end of the spectrum, we have Christian movies and music that I ask myself the same question, but for very different reasons. Why is this being mainstreamed? Why is this being produced? <laughs> it's terrible is the reason I ask. Why? <laughs> Why are you doing that? Yeah. So, so yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit. Um, uh, let's start with, hey, mom, what? Hey, what? <laughs> What's the first Christian movie that you remember ever watching? Oh, um, okay. So Thief in the Night. I don't, you know, there was the music box. I don't know which came first. The music box, I, it was supposed to be a Christian movie, but it was just bizarre. Um, I think it was called Music Box. Anyway, Thief in the Night is the first one I remember. I remember it was a, it was a movie about in the seventies and you watched it. The church got it and you watched it on New Year's Eve. You did it. You did a lock-in and you watched it on New Year's Eve. And it literally, I mean, pardon, pardon if this seems crass, but it literally scared the hell out of you. I mean, (laughs) the literal hell. (laughs) Just, it was about the rapture and the people that were left behind on the rapture. And I want to hear a relevant joke. Okay, go ahead. Um, Now I can't remember the joke. Okay. Sorry, go that's ahead. Not real. Well, it's relevant because I forget a lot of stuff. But, um, okay, it was about the rapture and the people left behind, and it gave me nightmare for years. It was horrible. Um, the The production value was, of course, subpar. Um, I'm sure it was a very cheap budget film, but it was awful. I mean, it just scared me to death. And then came Distant Thunder. And sorry, spoiler alert... At the end of Distant Thunder, she gets her head chopped off because it talks about the tribulation. And so that was how I was introduced to Christian movies. And it was horrible. Yeah. So um, I am trying to think of what my first Christian movie was. And I can't remember because they they have been around, you know, obviously a long time. And Christian movies sort of there's more of them now. Um, but I one of the first ones I remember was Facing the Giants. 
Academy Award performances. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great movie gone wrong. Yeah, and, and this was my thing about Facing the Giants, even way back in high school. It had so much potential. You know, everybody loves football movies. We love radio. We love Rudy. Okay, we love football movies. But this one in particular was just so bad. All of the acting was so bad. <laughs> You're on the daddy team. Oh, my gosh. And I know that she was related to somebody and they needed an actress. Clearly. Yeah. I I mean, I get it. She was doing her darndest, you know. Bless her heart. I would love for somebody who is in the film industry to get a hold of me and let me know why the production value for Christian movies is so dang low. Why? I, I mean, because... Yeah, go ahead, Mom. Well, you know, first of all, kind of to back up a little bit, why does it even matter? You know, why does it even matter? But I I found a quote from a philosopher, Daniel Dennett, who said, I know, I'm getting deep now. (laughs) There's nothing I like less than a bad argument for something I hold dear. And Christian movies are a reflection of of Christians. And you know what? The first comment that's going to come about Christian movies is, Budget. Budget, budget, budget. They don't have a Hollywood budget. But neither do indie flicks. Yeah. And those are done way better. Well, some of them. The the quality product we used to put out in our youth groups is just second to none. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is a whole thing. So when we... I don't even know if we should get into this. When we... When mom was my youth pastor, which is a whole other cat in a bag... <laughs> Mom was my youth pastor for a while. Yeah, and we decided I had a little camcorder. I had gotten it, and (laughs) we decided we wanted to start making like skit comedy films. What what did we even call it? It was vaguely based on the OC, and it was all of us just (laughs) the SC Santa Clara. Okay, yeah. So we were driving around Santa Clara and doing stupid skit comedy. Maybe I'll pull that out some point and put it on the Instagram because. Wow, we were 15, and you can tell. <laughs> I guess 16 or 17. It but, was hilarious. Yeah, anyway, so so anyway. yeah. The, one of the main arguments for Christian movies is that there just isn't a budget there. And I don't buy it. I don't. Not no. that I don't buy that there isn't a budget. Of course, that, that becomes an issue, yes. But there are innumerable indie flicks that work above and beyond their budget, um, creatively, and they do so and create and give a good quality production that is, yeah, something something that you would wow. not be embarrassed to to watch. And I think that what has happened is we sort of have just set this precedent that if the movie is a Christian movie and it's about Christian things and it's based on the good news, then we don't have to work to make it excellent. And for whatever well, I- reason, that's okay with people. Well, that actually kind of is a little bit of a of a church problem too. I mean, I think um, it's a it's a it's a new movement, I guess you could call it. But church excellence has not always been that. The message was always was always more important than the art, and that is true. I mean, the message is more important than the art. However, we as a society have gotten so technology you know, video games when I was a kid versus video games now, we are so programmed for media to be so realistic, live, good, excellent, that I I don't think the church or Christian media has caught up with it. I mean, you and I disagree a little bit on 
on music, and that's only Christian music, and that's only because wow, <laughs> we've come a long way. <laughs> we've it's, come and, a long way, and maybe that's part of it too. Is that you know so many people remember when there just wasn't Christian entertainment, mm-hmm. there wasn't Christian media, and then when it first started, it was fledgling. It was you know new. It was a new industry, and it was hard to kind of break through. But now we've been in this long enough. Christian movies and Christian music have been in this long enough that we should be doing better than we are. And maybe let me let me preface this too. I have a lot of really good friends who are working their way through Little House on the Prairie right now. And they love it because it is wholesome and it is uh, it is just the kind of entertainment that they're looking for. And listen, I've told them this that stuff is bull ring. I don't want to watch Little House on the Prairie. Boo. Bull ring. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. <laughs> so maybe these are just different entertainment expectations that we have. Interests. Yeah. But right. I don't want to sit there and watch Little House on the Prairie because that's boring to me. That's not entertaining. It's not. I mean, it's fine quality. It's not necessarily Christian. So that's not exactly what we're talking about. But I don't want to sit around and watch a bunch of Hallmark movies either, which is what Christian movies tend to be. And and so we get into this kind of rut that it's either, you know, a, a cutesy Hallmark movie where the little girl has cancer and she has to show everyone the miracle of Christmas before she dies or <laughs> it's this kind of facing the giants left behind well okay left behind with Kirk Cameron was not a low quality film okay left behind never with Nicolas Cage was <laughs> never saw it because frankly Thief in the Night I have post-traumatic rapture disorder. I do not watch rapture movies. I'm, I'm, I'm a Christ follower. I'm going to heaven. I have no, but I hate rapture movies. They scare me to death and I have nightmares. I don't know why. I just do. So I didn't watch any of those. So I can't speak. Because you're not those. close enough to the Lord. You're afraid they're not going to take them. Oh, you know, whatever the reason. That or, <laughs> again, going back to Thief in the Night scared the heck out of me. This time, not, you know, the place, but the fear. Um, you know, I mean, she got her head chopped off. Come on! No, and and I think, I think that's another thing, too, that if it's not this, you know, cutesy, emotional, tug-at-the-heartstrings, cheap-shot Hallmark movie, then there is a little bit of a, um, we have to get out there and, and put out whatever is going to be the most emotional impact. And that's where you get movies like Left Behind, um... God's Not Dead is a little bit like that. Now, God's Not Dead is a whole thing that we need to talk about because God's Not Dead was not a small budget production. Let me um, do some little, let's see, God's Not Dead budget. $2 million. So God's wow. Not Dead had a budget of $2 million and it grossed $60.8 million in North America. That is not a small budget production. Now, not I know a small that, budget production. I know that $2 million is about an indie film budget, you know, for big Hollywood movies, sure. But God's Not Dead 2 had a $5 million budget, and War Room had a $3 million budget. Did you see War Room? No, I pretty much have, I pretty much have sworn off of all Christian movies since Facing the Giants. I, I, I can't do it. <laughs> well, they're not that all terrible? that bad. No, no, it's not terrible. They're not all that bad. But I do actively avoid Christian movies because they're usually just not good. And and God's Not Dead, I saw pieces of it. And the pieces that I saw were obviously much higher production value than, than Facing the Giants. But the story itself was cheesy. Cheesy as heck. <laughs> 
And you got this professor who's an atheist and just a big car crash in the middle of the road. And I, that's the, I watched that big scene where, you know, he gets into a car crash and he's got 10 seconds to, to turn around his life and blah, blah, blah. And that is just so dumb. Okay. I know a lot of my friends really love God's Not Dead. And I know a lot of people are really on board with it and it's really great. And um, Michael Tate from um, DC Talk did the music and great. Newsboys, great, fine. All that is a step in the right direction for sure. However, it's just so, it's just so not where we should be at this point. You know, something has just occurred to me. It may be that you and I could be maybe sort of cynical. (laughs) No. (laughs) But you know, those movies do not appeal to me. No, and I think this is part of the thing too, is that, you know, you and I like to watch a good movie. We like to, you know, music is a whole, it's a whole other thing. But with movies, I just feel like even if the story is not that entertaining, the production value could be better. And it's always frustrating to me to watch these Christian movies and watch them just be so painfully subpar when they could be really great. Yeah, they're awkward. And and there should not be a shortage of actors and actresses. Mm -mm. I mean, there just shouldn't be. I mean, there are there are waiters and waitresses all over Hollywood who are looking for a gig. Now, I will say that I have not seen the most recent Christian, quote unquote, Christian movie that came out. um, That is it's the one where the kid falls through the ice. I think it's called Breakthrough. Um, And it's got the actress from from This Is Us. It's got the actress from This Is Us. And uh, it's got the actor from um, Sweet Home Alabama. And I remember nothing else. I don't know their names. You know, it is what it is. But it's got Topher Grace as the pastor, which is a very weird choice because the last time I saw him in a, in a movie, seriously, is um, Spider-Man 3, where he played a terrible version of Venom. And so to, <laughs> to know that his fall from fame has landed him into a pastor role, uh, it's just sort of a... It's a whole thing. No. Okay. So her name is Chrissy Metz. Breakthrough. Metz. And her, his name is Josh Lucas. So that I'm not just being dumb about it. But it's supposed to be decently good. It has a 6.2 out of 10 rating on Google, on IMDb. Um, it has a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, 46% on Metacritic. So, you know, it's average. It's decent, but not good. And, and this is the thing is... <laughs> We're not getting good movies uh, from from Christian filmmakers. And and Fireproof is one that came out that was decently good. I mean, Kirk Cameron was in it. He's obviously a great actor. The conceit of the movie was great um, about, you know, a marriage. And that is that is something that good message. Christians don't talk about very often. I mean, he had a pornography addiction and they talked about rebuilding their marriage from the bottom up. And that is, I mean, that is a great idea for a movie but there's just so many points where like the wife isn't quite as bad as facing the giants but she's not great and so we get all these things that you know of course i haven't seen every christian movie and i'm sure that there are some that are decent that are good they're all cheesy and i don't understand why we can't do better well and that's kind of i mean that's kind of my argument with hallmark movies they're just cheesy so people love them you know people love them just like my friends love their little house on the prairie Mm -hmm. and good for them great fantastic that's a that's a lot of show to watch well i mean and that's another thing i mean we didn't have that issue growing up because we didn't have tv growing up so i mean 
I had TV growing up. You didn't. We didn't have TV in our house growing up. Yeah, we um, didn't have cable, which is now the norm to not have cable because you right. have things like Netflix and Hulu and whatever. But then we just went to Blockbuster and got whole you seasons had no of options. Monk. <laughs> I love Monk. That's what we need is a Christian version of Monk. And this is maybe the thing, too, is that if a Christian movie comes out, it has to be super Christian. And it has to be like, this is a Christian message with Christian people about Christian things. Whereas we could just be putting out good quality stuff that's wholesome and it could be similar. And, you know, maybe we have a, a monk type thing where he has a pastor instead of a therapist. And that would be... Uh, Christian enough for it to be Christian entertainment. It doesn't it. have to be, you don't have to be overly Christian about it. And so this kind of segues into the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is Christian comedians, because I feel like Christian comedians, some are very funny. Yes. There are some very funny Christian because there's Michael Jr. John Christ, which we talked about last week or last episode. Um, John Christ is very funny. Um, there are some, that are very funny, but most of them are like just trying to make real churchy jokes and they're just like moderately funny. I don't understand why we, because we're Christians, we just have to automatically fall into this category of things that are genuinely funny are too good for us. I don't know. It seems like we, we kind of scrape the bottom of the barrel for entertainment because we're Christian and that's not right. Well, I think some of that has to do with too. I mean, growing up, I mean, you didn't have fun in church. I mean, you you were either dying and going to hell or you had no sense of humor. I mean, those were your two options. Now, growing up for me was really, I mean, we had, I can count on two fingers how many Christian comedians I knew growing up. One of them being Mike Warnke, which, yikes. Um, if you don't know that story, that's another episode. You know, we are we are getting better with Christian comedians, but there are many of them that are just not they're not cutting it they're just not that funny and i think as a as a culture christians tend to kind of elevate anyone who's trying to do anything kind of out there even if it's not that great i think you know tim hawkins is awesome john chris is awesome i think we're going in the right direction for that for sure versus christian movies eh, not so much for sure I agree with that. So let's talk about how Christian comedians are headed in the right direction. Why can't we do the same things with movies and music? Yeah. Um, I don't, well, first of all, I mean, production-wise, you know, it's much cheaper to be a Christian comedian than it is to, to do a movie. Sure. But I, I don't know what to do about Christian movies. And I don't know that you and I will ever really like it because they're cheesy. Some people like cheesy movies and we don't. And so maybe that's, maybe maybe this is our issue, not, not them. But yes, <laughs> I do think, I do think we need to do a better job. When I went to Sagu, when I went to college, we had a media arts department and we had... I knew people who were studying to be filmmakers and studying to be film editors. And they wanted to be, I mean, I went to college with someone who's now a newscaster. It's not like, it's not like we're not out there doing our thing. And it's not like we can't be really excellent at what we're doing. So for Christian comedians to have gotten so much better over the years and to have this kind of swath of really good comedians that are Christian, even, you know, if they're joking about Christian things or not Christian things, why have movies not caught up? Why are we not getting a good Christian action movie? Are you kidding me? That doesn't exist. Forget it. The last sort of Christian action movie that came out was Left Behind with Nicolas Cage. And Nicolas Cage is a whole thing in and of himself. If you're interested, by the way, there is a Wisecrack YouTube video. Wisecrack is a YouTube channel where it talks about whether or not Nicolas Cage is actually a good actor. It is fascinating. 
because it talks about how he um, kind of acts the way he acts on purpose. That's that's his whole gag. Yeah, I mean, I it, I go back to, and I'm going to read it again from philosopher Daniel Dennett. There's nothing I like less than a bad argument for something I hold dear. I just think we as a Christian culture need to strive more for excellence. And I think yeah. that my generation has failed at that. Your generation is better because yours yours is such a, a media-focused, technology-focused generation. It's true, yeah. And I think you guys are pioneering the way for that to be better. But the people doing movies are still probably my generation. And we just need to work for excellence. God deserves our best. God deserves excellence because that is, that is, I believe, that is also partially a witness. I hold dear, I hold dear Christianity and, and Jesus Christ. And so I think bad media is a bad argument. Yeah. And that is frustrating to me. This is why I, you and I both get so frustrated when someone comes out in the name of Christianity, like Westboro Baptist Church, and they're just hateful and ugly and they, you know, say and do terrible things. It's because we are so, so protective, I guess. We are so intimately connected to the church and the things of Christianity that when somebody's giving it a bad name, it hurts. Well, uh, you know, as far as West Westboro Baptist, I, I have always wondered what they do with 1 Corinthians 13. I mean, you can speak wonderful. You can have great sermons. You can, you can wax eloquently all you want. But the Bible itself says, if you don't have love, you're just banging a symbol. I mean, you you've got nothing to say. I, I don't want to, I don't want to get too far off on, on this tangent, but there's actually, um, a, there, Megan Phelps Roper is her name. You can Google her. Um, I found her by girl that left the Westboro Baptist church. She kind of talks about it and talks about how kind of cultish it is. Anyway. Um, she, yeah, she's the granddaughter of the founder of Westboro and she went on, um, she has a memoir and went on NPR and there's a YouTube video anyway. So if you, if you want more information about that, it's there. I, I, I think that getting into Christian music is going to be a whole other episode now that we're getting this far into it because Christian music is its whole, whole kind of thing because it's a huge industry that has a lot of money behind it. So we can't give the same excuses as we do these. And so I think next time maybe we'll talk about, Christian music and um, the Christian music industry and why K-Love is still playing 20-year-old songs that weren't even cool when they came out 20 years ago. The bottom line here with with the whole thing that we're talking about Christian culture being lame is just that we are disappointed that there isn't a bunch of better offerings for Christian entertainment because then we get stuck watching secular entertainment and then we have the whole cuties issue and blah, blah, blah. So, um... If you're into Christian filmmaking or you know someone who is, I'd love to get in touch with them and I'd love to talk to them and kind of get a feel for that. But we'll get into Christian music, I think, in another episode because that's a whole thing in and of itself. Christian movies just end up being disappointing and it is what it is. So I think we'll stop there. And um, is there anything else you want to say, Mom? No. Download our podcast, subscribe, give us good feedback. If you want to give somebody bad feedback, go to somebody else's podcast. But give us good feedback, download, spread the word. We're going to get better. If you've got any suggestions, we'll take those at yeah. yesmomimlistening at gmail.com. On Twitter, yesmompod at yesmompod. On Facebook and Instagram at yesmomimlistening. Make sure you give us a rating, share the podcast with anybody who likes it. I think that's it. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. 
Hope you had fun, because we did. All right, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.